Are you holding off on training your loan partners, your loan assistants, your team members and support staff on how to wow your clients? Are they getting that kind of training from you? You probably plan on training them if you get a few extra hours, but when does that happen realistically? And meanwhile, your team is doing the best they can with the information that they have. But you know, this kind of training really doesn't exist anywhere else. When you do the training, that means you're not as responsive as you want to be with your clients and you're not hitting your closing and income goals as a loan officer. So how much is it costing you to not have a team that's properly trained how to wow clients and referral partners so that they only want to work with you because of the great experience that they're getting? We teach them how to use efficient step-by-step processes and systems that work how to follow up so nothing falls through the cracks and loans close on time and even early, how to build wonderful relationships with clients, how to wow people so they go, man, that was an amazing experience. The members of his or her team are amazing. They're so on it. How to use scripts and dialogues for winning clients, setting expectations and communicating with clients so that you can prevent problems down the road how to handle difficult clients, how to make clients feel appreciated and valued, and how to handle and overcome objections. It might be time to ask for some help. That's why we're here. Loan Team Training has our next live WOW training coming up. We train your team for you so you can focus on closing loans. Check it out at LoanTeamTraining.com for our next class and see how many five-star reviews we have from past WOW training participants and their loan officers who sent them at LoanTeamTrainingReviews.com. Remember, it's an interactive virtual training with live trainers, and we train any of your support staff that is communicating with clients and referral partners. Our sessions are 9 to 11.30 Pacific time. Check us out and sign your loan partner or team member up at LoanTeamTraining.com. Hi there, I'm Irene and welcome to the Loan Officer Team Training Podcast. I'm Irene Duford, your host, and today I have a really special guest. His name is David Holland, and he is the owner of Holland Mortgage Advisors in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I am so glad that he joined us today. I met him four and a half years ago when he joined the Freedom Club, our coaching group. And I wanted everybody to hear of his story because he has an amazing story and he's been very successful. And Dave, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. So when did you know that you wanted to be in the mortgage business? How did it all start? I did title searching for a law firm when I was in college and I thought I was going to be an attorney. Then I started studying for the LSTATs and I was self-aware enough to know that I'd make a mediocre attorney at best. So for lack of a better thing to do, I moved from Erie, Pennsylvania to Pittsburgh, lived in my grandparents' basement for a year, made a thousand dollars a month. Uh, base wow. salaries and, officers and slowly but surely crawled my way out of my grandparents' basement. And uh, <laughs> I worked really hard. I was hungry then, as you might imagine. That's amazing. You know, where you are now compared to where you were then is amazing. I, I didn't even know that story. Wow. You know, sure. every successful person has a story, 
right? Has somewhere that they started because we didn't all start at the top, right? Or even at the middle, we started at the bottom. And I love that you just shared that story because $1,000 a month in your grandparents' basement, that is a cool way to share with other people that they can do it too. Other people can be successful. Absolutely. My, my grandmother would iron all my shirts on Sunday and my grandfather would tie all my ties because I know how to tie a tie and have <laughs> used, used, used suits for my uncle. So yeah, definitely started at the bottom. Oh, I love that. I love, not that you start at the bottom because I know that that can be painful sometimes, but you know, the pain is what makes the better part sweeter. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so funny. Your grandpa tied your ties. I love that. Yeah. What do you love the most about your business? You know, I like the action. I like that every day is relatively different from you know, the past day. It's, it's our own destiny. We're in control of our own destiny. As a loan officer, certainly the market's down right now. But as a loan officer, we control our destiny by our daily habits. The market will fluctuate up and down. But if you do, do the things that you need to do on a disciplined basis, uh, you'll be successful. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your business itself. Like, do you have different branches? Tell us about it. Sure. Yeah. We've, I founded the Holland Mortgage in 2005. Small little brokerage, me and another gentleman and a processor and slowly grew from there. Kind of took off in 2010 where I started to grow more. We have offices in Indiana, PA, Erie, PA, where I grew up all, mm-hmm. all the couple hours. We opened up a small branch in Maryland recently in Mobile, Alabama, and St. Louis, Missouri. Wow. They're all over. Yeah. yeah. So kind of scattered wherever we could find good talent and good loan officers. The, you know, the majority of our business is in Pittsburgh. Uh, we're regularly one of the biggest IMBs in the Pittsburgh marketplace. So uh, yeah, it's it's been good. The last couple of years obviously were great. 2022, not as good, but still it was a good year. Uh-huh. Oh, that's great. I'll bet people, I'll bet you have loved watching people grow within your organization and and starting out with you and someone else in a processor. And then mm-hmm. now you've grown into all, how many people actually work at your company now? Do you do you have an idea? I mean, as far as low yeah, like, staff? Like high 60s, low 70s. That's amazing. We were up to like 90-ish yeah. before the pullback during the refi boom. Yeah, we handle all facets of the origination from soup to nuts, you know, pre-approvals, processing, underwriting, closing, funding, secondary. So we handle the entire process from the start to the end. That is so great. And, you know, one of the things that I love, and you and I have talked about it before, is having the right mindset, right? It's key to setting and reaching your goals and living life to the fullest. So I believe in really intentional things that we say to ourselves every day. What is one thing that you do that's intentional? It may not be self-talk. It might be something else, but to be, to have like a strong mindset and success to believe that it's possible. What, what do you do on a daily basis? Yeah, I'm definitely a glass half full guy. I'm I'm very positive, but I guess my one non-negotiable every day is exercise. Yeah. I, I don't go a day without working out. If it's something, you know, a couple mile run, half an hour yoga, lifting weights, hiking, I always make sure I at least start the morning with exercise. Maybe not like I get up really early, but I may not exercise right away. But before lunch, I always get a workout in. So that's that, that kind of that's kind of centers me and it, it clears my mind and gets me, you know, gives me energy, gets me, gets me ready to move. Mm-hmm. Have you been doing that for a long time or is that a habit in the last few years or last decade or so? That's yeah, great. so a long time. Yeah. And now it's not even 
negotiable. It's not even, yeah, you just automatically do it every day. It's, it's habit. I, I can't function without exercise. Yeah. You know, it gives me so much. And if I'm feeling down or if I'm just tired, you know, even mm-hmm. a quick half hour workout gets me going. In the morning, it's key in the morning. Some people do it in the afternoon and it works for them. But something about the morning gets you started the right way, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. There's been so many studies on it. It gets you in a more creative mood, knocks out the fatigue, uh, just so many benefits uh, from, That's from great. daily exercise. Yeah. I know something about you that you reached a really great milestone goal a year or two ago, a couple of years ago. Tell us about that wonderful goal that you reached in climbing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely in the climbing, climbing mountains. And I climbed uh, Mount Rainier uh, in 2019. That uh, is so great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was that on your bucket list for a while or tell us about it? Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I've climbed a bunch of high peaks like Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa and some other high peaks were out west, but Rainier is kind of the pinnacle of like the lower 48 for climbing. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So it was definitely on the bucket list. I was there in 98 in college and I said, I'm coming back here to climb it one day. So and you did it. Only took me close to 20 or over 20 years, but I, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> did you have to, well, I know you had to prepare and plan and that type of thing, but was there a regimen that you gave yourself to make sure that you could complete it? Yeah. Exercise every day with weights, ran, hiked, and then mm-hmm. some of the guys that were local in Pittsburgh, we went hiking, you know, two or three days a week with heavy packs and slowly built up over three or four months. There was a great roadmap. There, there's a book specifically on how to climb Mount Rainier. Oh. So I, bought it I just, what they told me to do, I followed it. It's like the Freedom Club. You know, I, yes. someone else smarter figured it out. I'll just, you know, take their lead and get in their draft. Yes. I love that you talked about small steps because that's how you become successful. Having a plan and doing it in small steps. Not this, I don't like to use the word small because small sometimes sounds like it might be slow, but actually when you take steps to do it, instead of jumping in and doing, trying to do everything at once, what would have happened if you would have tried to climb the mountain without the preparation in advance? I might've been able to do it because I'm in pretty good shape, but it would have been a miserable experience. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. You know, everything is a daily discipline. Everything is a small step. I recently read a book and I got it for all my LOs, The Slight Edge. The Great author, book. The Great book. Yeah. I mean, and I knew some of the concepts, but it's just, you know, if you were to exercise for a week and you get discouraged because you're not losing any weight, you're not seeing any difference in your body, you know, or a day or two, like it, it's small steps over time compounded and and same thing with being a loan officer. Rome was not built in a day. You have to do it slowly, but surely. And then all that positive action yields results. Absolutely. So tell us of your experience since you've been in coaching with the Freedom Club. Tell us a little bit about how that's gone for you. I mean, I was always the biggest producer. During good refi booms, I closed 50 million, but I was miserable. Mm -hmm. I was working, you know, I'd get up at five or six a lot of days. And, and this is true of a lot of Freedom Club people, right? We're we're type A, you know, we wanted to succeed. So I'd work from 5 or 6 a.m., work till 6 at night, come home, eat dinner, maybe spend some time with my family, and then go work again. So it, it was a relatively miserable, you know, existence. 2018, I, w- I was cooked. Freedom Club hooked me, and uh, I joined the Freedom Club, and, you know, I, n- I never looked back. And the concept of team building, having others help you, and there's so much to get into, obviously, with that, Irene, but it's changed my life. It's changed my business. Now I work 
40 hours a week, maybe 50, because I just can't help myself. But I'm also <laughs> running the, you know, a, a $500 million a year company. So there, there's a lot to it. But my business went from, you know, 40, 50 million to 90 million to 170 million to almost 200 million. I took a step back last year, but I still did over, you know, 100 million. And That's amazing. Yeah, I'm happier. My, my customers are happier. My realtor partners are happier. It's, and I did everything the Freedom Club told me slowly but surely. I implemented as quickly as I could. Mm-hmm. And then I just kept building it and building it. And now, yeah, now, now it's great. I'm happier than I've ever been and making more money than I ever have, too. That's fantastic. What I love about that is that you get to spend more time with your family because that's what really motivates us as coaches is to get to not have you missed that time with your family the way may sure. maybe it was that way four and a half years ago, but now you're spending time present. And, you know, that's such a buzzword, but it's, I can't think of a better word that you're more present now with your family, that you have more time with them because you can't get that time back. No, I mean, I can actually go on a vacation yes. uh, and enjoy. I went to Hawaii for three weeks uh, three this weeks. summer. Awesome. It, it was great. And, and my team grew as a result of it. Now, I did work a little bit. I mean, there's a six hour time difference. So I got up at 4 a.m. I was just, you know, used to that. I kind of never got off East Coast time. But yeah, we enjoyed ourselves and I worked for a couple hours in the morning and that was it. And everything took care of itself. Fantastic. And the reason why you're able to do that is because you've built an amazing team. So tell us how you got started building the team. Like when you first started, how did you build it little by little? And and how do you utilize your team? Yeah, like anyone in the, in the you know, who's starting off with, with a loan partner or loan assistant, I had one. I hired her in 2016 and I, I went about everything completely wrong. So she left right before my fourth kid was born. So that was not ideal timing. (laughs) Um, Hired someone else, slowly took her along little by little, released more and more control. Naturally, she, I think she was the the Bay or the first person with, with your training course. Yeah, Um, she's amazing. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just had more and more responsibility with her. I hired a second a third, a fourth, a fifth. They're all licensed loan officers. So I rarely talk to clients. I do from time to time just to kind of stay sharp, but I don't want to be the roadblock for my customers to get information quickly. I don't want to be the roadblock for my realtor partners as well too. All my people are good. They're empathetic. They've all taken your training. Uh, I think everyone who comes through my program or my company takes your training as a loan partner. Um, Thank you. That means so much to us. We're so grateful that you are so trusting of us to be able to train your people. And you were the first one you, you sent her to the first class. You were like Mm -hmm. our guinea pigs, but we were ready and I'm so grateful. Yeah. Having the training, how has it helped them? Like the, the wow training, which is our training for those people that don't know yet. Our training for wow training is teaching people how to communicate, how to have great customer service, how to wow people. It's not about loans. It's not about teaching them about FHA or VA or anything like that. It's more about communication. We always teach mindset. And it's also about creating systems and processes, making sure they're supporting the loan officer, things like that. So Dave, how has that helped having all of your people go through the training? Well, I mean, that's so hard to quantify sometimes. You know, I, I looked at the cost of it per assistant. And I said, well, if it costs X, that's basically them saving one deal. 
mm-hmm. one transaction. It's so me, it's a total no brainer. The it's worth every penny. But when I hear them on the phone, you know, my pleasure, you know, how they speak to the customers, how they speak to the realtor partners, they just give everyone, you know, that wow experience. You know, I, I tell my realtor partners, we really try to, it sounds cliche, I tell them, but we really try to give a boutique white glove experience from a $50,000 property to a $2 million property. Yes. Uh, so we really try to make our customers feel welcome. Again, my, my loan partners almost exclusively talk to my customers. And now they're doing the Just Ask Tuesday updates with the realtors. So one thing I did when I went to Hawaii, I knew I wouldn't be able to do it. And uh-huh. I was kind of doing it haphazardly anyways. They took that over. Great. So now they're calling the realtors with an update. So I've released a lot of control to them, but that takes time, right? It does. To build trust and rapport with, with your loan partners. It takes time. It, it They have to know what they're doing in order for you to be able to trust them. And, you know, every class I always ask, what's the number one thing that's the hardest for the loan officer to get used to using you as a loan partner. And everyone says the same thing, letting go. The loan officer has a very hard time letting go. So we explained to them that this is their baby. The loan officer created this business on their own. It started out with just the loan officer and then it grew. And so it's hard for them to let go. But this is the thing that one of the things that we teach in the class is how to get the loan officer to let go by being so good at what you do that they can't even think about not having you on their team, basically sure. the loan partners. And I just think it's a it's a great class to teach them how to communicate, to teach them how to let the loan officer trust them. And a lot of times they're not salespeople, so to speak, like a loan officer is. So we come about how to ask for business. We teach them how to ask so that you can get more referrals, but we come from a different angle because they're not sales. They're not the ones that want to go out and, you know, bring the business in, but they take great care of the business. And yours are really, really good. We've had the pleasure of meeting all of them in the class. And so what you're saying about how they talk to people and how they ask for business, like you said, if they can save one deal or if they can ask for referrals on those Tuesday, just ask calls, Mm -hmm. it's a game changer, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, with letting go, letting go of control with the loan partners. What I do is it's baby steps when I get a new person on the team, right? I don't put them on the phones right away. Uh-huh. They they lock loans, they send docs, they price loans, they do class sheets until there's a level of trust, and then we get them on the phone That's uh, to start handling customers. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I'd say to your listeners who are thinking about like a loan partner, I made my peace with, I was going to lose transactions because they were handling it, but I was willing to lose a couple deals to get an extra 10. I was willing to lose an agent or two to get, to get an extra 20. And some agents, you know, if, if they don't want to work with your loan partners, if they only want you, they're probably not a good fit. You, you can't be all things to all people and we can't be expected to work seven days a week, 15, 16 hours a day. It's, it's unsustainable. Yes. As long as they have somebody really good that can help them, it doesn't have to be you. Absolutely. Yeah. So do your loan partners do the calls? Do they do the Tuesday update, just ask calls and the past client calls and pre-approved and looking calls as well? 
They do it all, correct. Well, we have a freedom caller for the past database calls, but they do the Tuesday just ask to the agents and both customers, mm -hmm. and then they do the uh, Thursday PAL calls. So great. So the pre-approved and looking, what we like to call the PAL calls, just keeping in touch with the clients that are in process and showing them that we care about them, right? Showing them, mm -hmm. building that relationship with them and knowing that they can come back to you and they don't need to go shopping. They don't need to do anything because they've got great a great experience with you and your team and they don't need to go anywhere else. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Whatever the Freedom Club says to do, that's what we do. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, a it's a formula a formula that works. It's a no-brainer. It really is. It's a plan, right? It's an action plan. Yeah. Yes. I remember when when we started the Freedom Club and... I don't know if you remember this, but I went to Carl with the idea for the Freedom Club and I said, I really want to coach people. And I wasn't sure whether Carl would want to do it or not because I knew Carl, I was a mortgage marketing animal member. And so I went up to him and I thought it's going to be really hard to ask him because he might say no, but I'm going to ask him. So he said, I don't, you know, I don't know if I really want to do that. And I could have just easily said, because I could have retreated back and said, no, I'm not going to ask him now because he's not interested and I don't want to be told no, right? The fear of rejection. Sure. And I said, no, I'm just going to say, so Carl, I think it's a great idea. I Let me put, if you just let me show you what we can do. And he said, okay, put something together and let me know. And so I did. And I created the daily success plan and put the whole plan together. And then we coached some people for free for 90 days and got amazing success. And then we started it and I was the only coach for the first year. And then it grew from there. So, but you know, when it comes to mindset, I always go back to that. And the reason is because I want to remind myself that I could have very easily not gone to Carl and, and told him about the idea because fear of rejection. Sure. And we miss out on so many things, don't we? Because of fear of rejection. Absolutely. Well, mm -hmm. like, like we've talked about in the past, the fear of rejection, at least when it comes to our business is never so severe. You're never going to have someone just, you know, rip you a new one on the phone. Right. They may put you off at worst. They may, they may hang up and never said, they may say, never call me again. Right. But you're never going to be so wounded that you're going to retreat into a shell. It's, it's never that bad. Yes. Um, I, I think everyone should read Carl's book, Call Reluctance. I think that, so that, too. That, that, that's a great book. That's and, and it's a short book. I think it's like 120 pages. You can grind yes. it out like in a, in a weekend easily or on a two or three hour plane ride. And we'll put that link in the show notes. Call Reluctance is the name of it by Carl White and Kevin Gillespie, the two of them together. Um, what is another book that you've that you've read that uh, you, you told us about the slight edge about call reluctance? Are there any like mainstay ones that you've read over and over that really have impacted you from the time you read them? And I don't remember it that well because I read it years ago. Who moved my cheese or where's the cheese? I remember that one. And that's kind of fitting right now with loan officers. I have 12 week year that it's on my, on my desk that I got to read. I've, I've read a bunch, but I, nothing really comes to mind really quick. What's yeah. The one? And besides, besides the exercise, what is another habit that you have? Maybe a business habit or a habit with your family that you do that is made it's moved the needle for you, not just in your business, but has made a difference in your life besides the exercise. Cause I, I know you mentioned that one. You know, th th this is a habit. I mean, I guess kind of just this letting go of certain responsibilities. 
if I don't like doing it or if I'm not good at doing it or if I'm just not going to do it, uh-huh. I, I hire someone else to do it. Like marketing to my past customer database, something I've really never had set up very well. So I just put a system, had people help me put a system around it. And now it works like, you know, it's clockwork. But anything I don't like to do, I just don't do. Or things, you know, things that don't make me money. Like I don't hate to admit this on your podcast, but I've never logged into Optimal Blue, our pricing (laughs) engine. So I don't know how to use it. I don't have credentials. Uh My team hates it. I've not run AUS for probably 12 or 13 years. So Mm -hmm. I don't have credentials for that either. So my team does that. I don't know how to send documents anymore. When we get a new LOS, I may not learn how to do it. When I'm do, cause I, I, I'm on call from time to time on the weekends with my team. We all we all rotate, we all share. But mm-hmm. when I'm on call, I have trouble pulling in uh, from our POS. I have trouble creating cost sheets. So things. <laughs> I mean, I still know mortgages, you know, front to backwards, but I have trouble doing kind of basic tasks because I've let go of them and. If you ask me what I do, Irene, all day, I don't know. I call realtors. I meet people with coffee probably four or five days a week. I try to have lunch with someone practically every day. That's great. Um, yeah, so I'm basically on the phone meeting with people all day. That's that's what I do. I and that's that why you're so successful because you're building relationships. That's really what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I know mortgages still very well. Big concept, how to structure deals, how to save deals. Uh, I, I'm a good firefighter uh, uh-huh. on my transactions too. I know how to, but you know, my coach said, <laughs> what, what, what did he say? You're probably the greatest firefighter, but also the greatest arsonist, uh-huh. right? So I get involved in stuff. I, sh- I shouldn't get involved with and My team slaps my hand and says, stay in your lane, Dave. And so. it's great that they have permission to do that from you to say, stay in your lane. Let us take care of this. Absolutely. And I realize people aren't going to get where I'm at like right away. But Mm -hmm. for me, you know, I went 16 years in the business without an assistant. I also had good support staff with processors and underwriters, but it took me four and a half years of trial and error to get where I'm at with my team and and, and intensive coaching as well, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the blueprint's there for everybody. Yes. It's important to know that it doesn't happen overnight. It happens in steps and trial and error. Like you said, you try something, you might hire someone, they're not a good hire. You might hire three people that are not a good hire in a row and it might get frustrating, but it works. And in hiring the right person in the right position, especially as a loan partner, as a a loan assistant, uh, I like to call them loan partners. I think you do too. And having them in the right position, the right person there with the right they, they look at things the way you do. They have a team team effort the way you do. They want to help you and support you as much as possible to, to stay in your lane. And like Carl says, and I think this is a really good way to put it, you want your, your loan partner to know that you feel like you can't even stand the thought of them not working for you because they're so good at what they do. Oh, mine, mine are like, I, I couldn't lose any of them. They're, they're all excellent, but it took me a while to find good people. Yes. Uh, and none of my people, except for one are local in the Pittsburgh market. One's in Alabama. One's in North Carolina. One's in Missouri. One is in uh, Arizona. So no one is local except for one of them. So I kind of cast a wide net to get 
to get my talent. And with COVID and, you know, people working remote, it was easier to do. Yes. And one thing that add that's important when you're hiring loan partner talent, and this might give, be a little too high level, is don't go, don't go against the disc. Every time I went against the disc profile, because I, I like this person, I thought he or she would be a good fit. It didn't work out within a yes. year. Yes. You don't want someone who is exactly like you. Like I'm, uh, maybe I'm kind of going off the rails here, but no, no, I love this. This is exactly what I want. Yeah. So I, I hired a couple people who were, who were high D, high I like me, mm-hmm. and it didn't work out. Now, luckily, it did work out because they both became loan officers at my company. Uh, okay. and now they have their own team. So it, that did work out. But you don't want someone who's wired the exact same way you are. My yes. people are very good. They're very conscientious, but they're wired a little bit differently. And they're more organized than me as well, too. So you want someone who compliments you, not someone who's you. Exactly. I'm so glad you shared that because that's really important to know when you're hiring. That's important. The other thing that I always that I always believe is that when you're hiring somebody, you can't just go on the resume. You can't just go on your even your interview or even just the disc profile. It's the combination of all of them together, but it's also testing them to because a lot of people say they know a lot of things, but they really don't know when it comes down to it. They don't have the knowledge. Sometimes yeah. we have found that. And so you there's little tests that you can give them about mortgages. And it helps you know in advance if they really know what they say that they know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The, the test on the MMA and Freedom Club website is great. It's yeah. very in-depth. And if they can't answer some of those questions, you have a problem. Yes. And better to know ahead of time. It's better for you and for them to know ahead of time. And, and if you're, do you ever bring loan, loan partners on that you train or do you always hire seasoned? No. So we have two different categories. We have a loan partner which is a licensed loan originator. Mm-hmm. Then we have loan officer, uh, loan partner assistants, LPAs, we call them, uh-huh. who are unlicensed, are generally new to the business or have very limited experience. So they start off doing things like uploading the sorting docs, pulling in applications from our POS. That's about a week or two. And mm-hmm. then I just throw them the deep end and they start doing cost sheets. And then, you know, send in appraisals, personalized commitment letters, closing disclosures, maybe calling some Zillow leads and stuff like that to set appointments. Mm. But yeah, the idea is, you know, depending on how good they are, uh, they'll become a loan partner within, it's, a, it's kind of a long apprenticeship, two or three years. Yes. Um, there's so much to know in mortgages and there's so much experience that you get. And on my team, what's great about it is they work hard and they get, they're looking at, you know, some, some months we're closing 60 transactions a month just mm-hmm. my team. So they're looking at a lot of deals. If they were just a, a loan originator, they're looking at, you know, one or two uh, a month. So it's a lot of experience in a short time period. Mm-hmm. They learn quickly because there's so many to look at and they're hearing about right. different scenarios all the time. Correct. Yeah. Well, that's great. So yeah. We'll, we'll hire less experienced people on my team to support my loan partners. Right. So mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of like essentially an assistant for my loan partners. Cause just like I don't want to do $20 an hour work, right? I don't want them doing $20 an hour work either. Right. When you bring them on, do you have them listen? Not the new ones, but the ones that are seasoned. Do you ever have them listen to anybody on the phone like you or anybody, how you speak to people, kind of the flavor that you are, you know, in your 
in your organization? Do they, or to each other, I should say, because you're not really talking to borrowers that much anymore. Yeah, we, we do that. And, you know, I kind of let people know, you know, what my culture is and, you know, the company in your training, you know, really plays a big role in that as well, too, with kind of how to treat customers and realtor partners. Uh, so, yeah, most, I would say, are, are pretty experienced. So they're in this role before, but, you know, with mentorship of a more experienced loan partner, me uh, and your training. Yeah, that, that's that's how they, they kind of get the flavor of my business. I want them to be themselves, though, to a certain degree. Sure. I want them to kind of conform with what we do. I mean, we have set email templates. We have some scripting that we work on. But I want them to be themselves and not kind of get out of their own uh, out of their own personality as well, too. Yeah. And a lot of times they come in and they add things that you don't expect. Even if the ones without experience, they'll think of ideas that could tweak it just a little bit to make it that much better. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think when you're looking to hire someone, you're looking for a culture fit. I think that's number one. You're looking for yes. a culture fit. And yeah. of course, if you're hiring for the experience position, you're looking for experience as well, but the right experience, right? Where they actually know what they're doing. Or if you're bringing somebody in, it's really the culture fit that's brand new. I mean, if you bring sure. someone in that's new to the business, you want them to fit in really well. Do you ever have anyone else on the team help to interview them or to talk to them before they're hired? I'm just curious how it works. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I won't even really look at a resume without a disk profile. That's okay. number one. And I don't do the first couple interviews. So even when we're hiring operations talent, I have either my sales manager or my sales manager assistant, my team leader and one of my more experienced LPs. Like they'll have two or three interviews before they even get to me. A lot of times my mind will be made up. And then on the operations side, I'll have like a team lead and my operations manager do the interviews first. On, on operations, sometimes I won't even interview them at all. I'll just let my my team handle it and, and they can use their own good judgment. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah, but on my team, uh, I won't even speak with them till, till the end. And by that point, our mind's kind of made up. And a lot of my people, I'll hire anyone Eastern time zone or Midwest and for the right person. Mm-hmm. I'll do Mountain Pacific. Uh, so we're hiring people from all around the country, it's amazing. which is great. You can cast, like I said before, you can cast the net pretty wide on talent. Yeah. Isn't it great that we live in a world that you can do that? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's good and bad, right? I mean, you know, I had someone pose a question to me or maybe I read it on a blog. Everyone's thinking they can put their culture out via Zoom or email or stuff like that. And then I think it was Garrett McAuliffe. It's a newsletter. I get mortgage related. Would you your values and your core, would you do that with your children? Would you raise your children that way? But your children are young, right? We're we're all adults. I I think we lose something. I I I agree. We lose something, but in, you know, my office at one point, every nook and cranny was filled. Now today, when I walked in at nine, there was like six people here. So, but yeah, I I think this is the, the, you know, the world we live in right now. I can remember when I was originating, it was in a small community and there was very limited experienced talent where I was. And I didn't really know back then when I first started about, well, there wasn't any virtual talent sure. like there is now. We didn't have that yeah. opportunity like you do now, you know, back in 1997. And so now that we have that, can you imagine how your business would be running right now if you didn't embrace it? 
and say, sure. hey, it's a possibility I can find people all over. You, the team members that you have that are not local, you would have missed out on them. Absolutely. And, and then with how crazy the business was in 20 and 21, mm-hmm. you know, I was fighting over the same talent with other local mortgage companies. And we finally said, all right, we're going to cast the net wider because we, we had to. Yes. We, we, we didn't have a choice. So on my operations staff, I have a, a couple of people in Florida, a number of people like in upstate New York, parts of Ohio, uh, scattered around Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Alabama. We, we just didn't have a choice. And then, you know, the, the people have stayed with us. So there, there's and probably not for this podcast, but there's, you know, there's ways to make people, you know, build culture, make them feel appreciated. Is a total swing, right? Because in 2021, people were overworked. Yes. Uh, people are underworked. So it, yes. it's uh, been an interesting dynamic. Yeah. You know, it's funny when we were overworked, I remember having conversations with people that I was coaching where they were just stressed to the max because they couldn't handle one more thing, but they didn't want to turn it away. And rates were so low and they were busy. Everybody was maxed out. And I remember thinking, you know, everyone was saying, yeah, I shouldn't complain. I know we're making good money and I shouldn't complain um, because I know we're making good money. Now it's completely the opposite. Now they're complaining because they're not making money (laughs) (laughs) or not as much. I should say they're still making money, but not as much. But that's the way it is, isn't it? We're, there's always mm-hmm. something, right? Um, it's feast or famine. Our business is so cyclical. Yes, it really is. Tell us one thing that you're working on. Like, is there anything exciting going on in your business or in your life, like a goal that you want to reach or anything like that, that that's coming up? You know, with the business, we're getting our Fannie and Freddie uh, approval right now. So we've been working on that for a while. You know, life goals, I want to read more. And uh, probably climb a mountain, you know, sometime this summer. Uh, Talking about going to Patagonia early January for 10 days. And I'm trying to, and this is a total Freedom Club thing too. I'm really trying to take like at least a three or four day vacation or like, you know, four or five day weekend vacation every month. I love that. yeah. Yeah. My wife and I are going to Puerto Rico for a week. We're going probably for a week somewhere for spring break probably going somewhere for May for my birthday, June, July. So I'm trying to take more time and I'm able to do it because I have the process and processes and systems set up mm-hmm. and I can actually enjoy my vacation before I used to kind of secretly dread vacations. Uh-huh. Because I get so far behind and I, I'd have to get up like at some ungodly hour in the morning and start working, mm-hmm. stay caught up. And now I don't even worry about it because my team truly runs without me. And some of the items like talking to certain types of clients and realtors, they're better than I am. They'll talk to, you know, a 70 year old widow for an hour on the phone. And I'm trying to get that poor woman off like in eight minutes. Um, Yes. (laughs) Not that I don't care. I just didn't, I don't have the time. Right. That's the difference. Yep. And, and it happened, Dave, because you invested in yourself to get some coaching. You follow a plan. You mm-hmm. did what the plan said, step mm-hmm. by step, with problems mm-hmm. and without problems, right? I mean, you you, yes. you pushed through the things that came up as you were building the team. You got the right people on the team. You trained them in-house and sent them to formal training with us, which mm-hmm. I sure appreciate. And you, you're just invested in them. And so that has brought you the ability to have what you have. You are truly a success story of the Freedom Club. Right. You're one of our best success stories. And 
you're just a success story all, all the way around, just with the things that you've done in your life, going from earning a thousand dollars a month in your grandparents, you know, just, and, and her doing your, your um, shirts and him doing your ties. I love that. I'm never going to forget that story. It is true so story. Funny. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. It's great. Well, thank you so much for saying that. Yeah. Well, I'm so proud of you. I think you're doing a great job and I appreciate you so much and being, you know, you're busy, um, but you took time today to be on the podcast and time is one of my uh, languages of appreciation. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to do it. And what last thing would be, what parting word of wisdom do you have for loan officers in today's market? We're in February of 2023. What, what would you give us some good advice to loan officers today? Two things. It's always darkest before the dawn. Rates will normalize. The market will normalize. We're due yes. for a small little refinance boom sometime probably the next 12 months, mm-hmm. right? That, and I would say any action that you take now, it will yield results within 90 days. You may yes. get some quick wins. It's the daily disciplines. I think most importantly, this thing right here, your phone, yes. it. it will make you rich. Like pick up your phone <laughs> and use it. I, I, I have that on my office door, a picture of like a phone and says, use this. It will make you rich. Uh, uh, I make you money. But yeah, just, you know, feel the fear and do it anyways. I know, I know that's a lot of advice, but uh, that's great. You just got to make it happen. You just yes. got to make it happen. And everyone can do it. Everyone doesn't matter what. And don't let the no stop you. Keep going. Right. Yeah. Every no you get, you're one closer to a yes. We talk about in the Freedom Club, every no you get is worth two, three, four, five hundred dollars. And there's money in voicemail and there's money in being persistent. I've gotten so many agents to work with me over the years and they say, geez, Dave, you're persistent. You know, and I say, <laughs> that's how I'm gonna be with your clients. You know? Yes. I'll always follow up, you know. So realtors can feel that. And being, being persistent in a, hate to use the word, cool way, you don't have to be obnoxious. Just keep following up in, until you get a no. And I tell some realtors, until you basically tell me no, I'm going to keep calling you. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they admire that because they admire persistence because they're successful themselves. The people you're calling are successful. And so they know what it takes to be successful and persistency or persistence and consistency is the main thing it takes, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Following a plan every day, no matter what. So thank you so much for being here today, Dave. It's been really fun talking with you. And for those of you listening, we appreciate you all listening today. And if you benefited from what we talked about today, please subscribe and share it with other loan officers that you know. And if we've earned it, we would love a five-star review here on the podcast. And last thing is if you know anyone that is interested in getting any kind of training for your teams, check out our details at loanteamtraining.com. And you can schedule a strategy call about team training if you'd like. And we just appreciate you being here. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you all next time.
loan partner who does the loan consultations, structures the loan and converts the buyer to work with you, or maybe you have a loan partner or a team member that you would like to move into that position so that you can be freed up to go get even more loans. How about a newer loan officer who could benefit from some training in how to convert buyers to work with them? Our client conversion training is very specific to this role. It will help them convert even more clients to work with you and your team. We help you to be seen as a trusted advisor. We cover every aspect of converting clients to work with you. They're gonna learn emotional intelligence, what it is and how to utilize it. They'll discover the key to a success mindset. Yep, we go deep on this one. How to build rapport right from the first conversation. How to ask the right questions. How to answer objections. Specific dialogues and strategies to overcome rate shoppers. They're gonna practice live with other class members. And they're gonna also learn how to ask for and receive referrals. How to master the loan consultation with loan strategies that help the buyer make great decisions for their future. Client conversion training will set your team apart when they implement the training that they're gonna receive in our class. It's a virtual interactive class on Zoom with live trainers and your team members can attend from wherever they are as long as they have audio and video. Everyone participates. It's a 10 hour live class divided into two and a half hour sessions from nine to 11.30 on Thursday and Friday for two weeks in a row. Sign up your loan partner today at loanteamtraining.com You'll find the class on the Client Conversion Training tab.